It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. From risk management to tax planning, the entity structure of your small business can play a big role in your financial life and your financial planning. So what's the right entity structure for your small business? We're going to discuss those options, a new regulation, and we're going to hit some of your questions today on this episode of Wise Money. No one's talking about this new regulation, and it applies to I mean, so many businesses, if not, mm-hmm. if not all. So we're going to hit it right now. Uh, if you have a question for the program, we would love to hear from you. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us and, and reach out to us that way as well. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there. Also, just search The Wise Money Show. All right, so there's lots of different kinds of businesses out there. And I think formally we think of, well, I've been working on this business plan or I've had this this vision, this this calling that I haven't been able to shake and I'm been working for the man and I just can't wait to start my business. And yes, that's a small business. And yep, this show applies to you, but it also applies to, well, I'm just, you know, I'm pre-retired and I was offered a consulting gig, so I'm doing consulting for a couple of years. You're a small business too, actually. That's right. And then same if you're if you're a handyman, right? Lord knows we need more of you. And you just, hey, I'm going to help out on the weekends or do some side jobs around the neighborhood. You're a small business. You own a rental property. You're a small business. So the the concept of, hey, what what decisions do you need to make when you have a small business applies to way more people today than it did a decade ago and certainly way more than a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. Well, and so many people especially coming out of COVID, wouldn't you say there was an increase in the number of, uh, I don't know, almost spontaneous business owners? They were maybe even reluctant business owners. They lost their job, you know, business closed down, but they needed to make ends meet. They wanted to get some income rolling in. They have some skills that they can can sell in the marketplace, and they just started started going. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happens all the time, not just in a crisis situation. I I actually looked up, I I wanted to know, well, how many times does a new business get opened each year? And it's 1,070,000. Wow. 1,050,000 close each year. Isn't that interesting? It's very specific. It's it's a very, very small gap of those that... Now, that might not be the same roughly million, right? A million are open, a million are closing. But I I think the point is, businesses come and go all the time. And a lot of times, as you said, many of these uh, startups don't even really recognize or or think of themselves as a business. It's, no, I'm just trying to get some income going. Well, one, right. of, one of the first decisions that you're going to make, whether you're self-employed or, or what is, what's the, the side hustle, that's what the, the slang is these days, or, or whatever, one of the first decisions you're going to make is, well, how are you going to structure your business and, and, or, or structure this self-employment income? And uh, that's what we're hitting today. We're actually kicking off a new series that's going to be uh, approximately the first Saturday of each month. We're going to focus on small businesses for a few segments, and, and this particular one what are the entities? Um, next next time, we're going to talk about how do you manage your business's finances and, and taxes. We'll also talk about retirement plans and, and insurance needs of your small business as well. But let's start 
with the different entity structure. And by default, you'll start as a sole proprietor or sole proprietorship. So guys, what in the world's a sole proprietorship? Well, Mike, you said what's, you know, what's the first decision when you're going to go into business? And uh, you said, well, it's which entity structure should I select? Um, a lot of decisions as a business owner are selected for you if you don't select something. Yeah. So when we work with someone who's got a business, and although this is a show about financial planning and we're all personal financial planners, we work with a lot of business owners. Because, and and it's, it's interesting to try and distinguish between what's the business and what's the personal side. So for a sole proprietor, that could be I take – um, wedding photography pictures on the side or something like that and or the or the side hustle but as a sole proprietor I it's just me and there's not any kind of separation between my business assets and my personal assets I haven't set up a structure to put a wrapper around the the, the assets and the liability attached yeah. to my business. That's right. So as you go into business, um, you're opening your whole financial life up to some risks, right? And, yes. and that's what you mean by the no separation between your business assets and, and your personal. If something goes terribly wrong in your business, it's your own personal bank account, your own assets that could be on the line and uh, making some creditor whole or someone suing you, that kind of thing. And it's one of the major drawbacks to sole proprietor. Yes, it's quick and easy to set up, but boy, if, if you don't pause long enough to say, is this actually the right entity, you may be opening your financial life up to more risk than what you, you realize. Okay, so we went right to the risk side, but the benefit of sole proprietor is there's really nothing you need to do. It's just easy. Start, That's right. just it's very simple. Start collecting payments. Start doing work and collecting payments. There isn't a formal uh, filing that you need to that you need to make. Um, you can, and we'll get to that in just a second. That can, can move you up the chain. But but as far as like filing anything with the with the state? No, don't need to. Yeah, I mean, the definition is an unincorporated business that has just one owner who pays personal income tax on profits earned from the business. That's that right. is a sole proprietorship. Yeah, and again, there's no separateness between you and your business, ultimately. Now, there is a little bit of additional um, tax filing that's involved, but it's still part of your personal tax return. You'd be filing, most commonly, a Schedule C, and that's mm -hmm. where you're basically reporting to the government, well, here were my revenues, here were my expenses, here's the profit that's left over, and all of that profit ultimately gets taxed to you as your own personal income, and it's a special type of personal income. It's self-employment income. You say that like special, like special, like, like it oh, really stinks. You got good news. <laughs> like, we man, got I wish I had some of that. Uh, I mean, of course, we uh, more income it would be would be great. However, it's going to be subject to federal taxes and state taxes if in local. Um, but then this self-employment tax is uh, that's a doozy. That is FICA times two. Right. So 15.3 percent. You get a little deduction there, so it's not exactly exactly. But if you're if you're doing the math, eh. Just assume 15.3%. Yeah, if I'm an employee, I'm going to pay 7.65, and my employer is going to pay 7.65 on my behalf. Or you could make the case that I'm going to pay 7.65, and I'm going to pay 7.65. <laughs> so, but that totals up to 15.3. And if you, if, you're, if you are a sole proprietor, in essence, 
you're the employee and the employer. The problem, yeah. I, it, well, yeah, that is that is a problem. Say you're in the 22% federal tax bracket, you've got roughly 5% for state and then another 15. Do the math there. It's not like working in London or the UK where their taxes are even higher, but that's a, that's a big percentage. Um, so, but the other doozy is you don't have any withholdings against that. That's the other thing, because this is, this is tax on the profits. You're yeah. likely not paying in on an ongoing basis or paying in an accurate amount unless you're doing proactive planning. Right. But the offset to that doozy, uh, t- to use a technical term there, Mike, yeah. <laughs> is that you, you actually, as a sole proprietor, you are able to expense certain things yeah. that you wouldn't ever be able to typically if you are if you are an employee and that's part of the the game right i mean as the business owner you're trying to generate revenue you're trying to add value to other people so that you can you can win financially you're trying to have a profit at the end of the year but the bigger that profit is the more these taxes start to mount and so you're trying to capture as many write-offs as many business expenses as you can and there's a lot of flexibility here as long as you're not abusing the system or whatever but um that that's part of the careful planning that you have to you have to be paying attention. You need to have a system in place so you're not missing these types of opportunities on your tax return. So what's a good good fit for a sole proprietorship? I mean, I'm thinking, and I don't even know if this exists anymore, but you know that the the kid that mows lawns in the neighborhood. Yes, yeah. that's a sole proprietorship. It's the so, really simple business with not a lot of risk. Maybe you know? the maybe the Etsy. You know, you're 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 yeah. you're making earrings and sending them on, selling them on Etsy, something like that. Yeah, I mean, the kid that works in the neighborhood is typically getting paid cash, though. And so, unless I found, unless the, it's the parents that are really squared away and saying, you know, yeah, you, that's income. You got to right, count. You, that. You've you've got to count every dollar and add that up and. Yeah, so little income, side work, not a lot of risk. Screen printing for your you know, shirts on, on Etsy. We'll talk about other businesses that are appropriate for a sole provider, but then what's the next step up? So that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Okay, should your small business stay a sole proprietorship? Or should you take the next step up and formally make it an LLC? We're going to tell you why and what to consider. That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Guys, you didn't take the bait. We were just having a little argument between segments about why would anyone stay as sole proprietorship? And my hot take, and these guys are going to try and convince me otherwise, is, is there's no reason unless you are running just a hobby and from a from a tax standpoint that is well you're not really doing it to make a profit but I would even argue that there's risk so here's and we're not talking about the taxes although we'll get into it if you're just hanging a shingle you're doing a side hustle you are um, starting to 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 have some self-employed income, your sole proprietorship by default. You don't need to do anything. That income is going to be taxed on your Schedule C, which is your personal tax return, right off your your expenses. The net income is is subject to federal, state taxes, but also self-employment tax. The next step up of formalizing is to go to an LLC, a limited liability corporation. Guys, all of that centers around risk management, which was the the banter between between segments. 
So let's go back to risk management and the risk of a sole proprietorship. Why you would consider an LLC or stay a sole proprietorship? Yep. So let's and let's be clear on our terms. Again, a sole proprietorship is an unincorporated business that has just one owner who pays personal income on tax on profits earned from the business. So when you look at that, the the thing that caught my ear in the last segment was, well, it, it depends. The the risk you're taking depends on the side hustle or the thing that you're starting. Mm-hmm. And I actually would disagree with that. I would say the risk that you're taking depends somewhat upon that, but it really depends on the rest of your financial life. So if I, if the rest of my financial life has nothing going on and I don't have any resources, then I, I may not need to, and again, this is the art side of the equation. I may not need to I might be able. I might be doing something fairly risky as a sole proprietor, but I might say, "Hey, I can live with the risk or transfer the risk." Hmm. Here, there's a couple ways to transfer the risk. One is, to your point, Mike, I could incorporate if I want complexity in in, in my life. It's more complicated. Uh, there are benefits, and I know we're going to get into those, but it's it's more complicated. So I'm embracing complexity by going the uh, incorporation route. So that's one way of dealing with it. Another way of dealing with it, though is insurance. So you say, hey, I'm going to wear, uh, from an insurance standpoint, I'm going to wear a belt and suspenders. So this is where you want to have a great insurance advisor, not not because insurance is a simple concept, but the, but the implementation of it is very complex. Mm-hmm. And so you want to understand what's covered, what's not covered. If I'm using my personal vehicle for my side hustle, is my side hustle covered? And, yeah. and these these types of things. So I think there are lots of different ways. I, I could see a person with nothing. I have no personal assets and, and nothing really at risk, uh, not incorporated, even though I've got a risky side hustle. And I can see a, a, a person with a basic bro side hustle that has, has other assets that they want to protect. And that's mm-hmm. where you say, okay, that's where I'm thinking about incorporating. Yeah, you bring up a good point that it it's like there has to be a certain level of complexity or business activity, uh, a certain amount of income before you get too too involved in your risk management. But also, you're, Kevin, you're pointing to I also have to have a certain amount of of uh, resources at risk that right. I would I could potentially lose if something goes wrong in my business. And as a sole proprietor, everything's on the table for my creditors or someone suing me uh, to take. But that something on the table is nothing. Right. You know, my my kids don't have anything accumulated in this world. So if someone wanted to go sue them, um, boy, you're you're wasting your time, right? Uh, see, I would argue. I mean, couldn't there be garnishment of future wages, all that sort of stuff? And we live in such a litigious well, society. Yeah. I just think, especially, yeah, if you're just starting. And it's, you know, there's no potential than starting as a sole proprietor just to see, hey, does this thing have legs? But even if you're starting and there's not much to your personal financial life, mm-hmm. as you get going, I'm assuming you're going to want to wrap it in in limited liability because that's the thing. Limited yeah, sure. liability uh, company or corporation that can mean two different things. It can invite all that complexity you guys are talking about, mm-hmm. or it can just limit liability. Yeah. Yep. So, so if you if you if you're listening today and you're and you say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing something," 
and starting a small business, I would encourage you to do a couple of things. Number one, get the book, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber and read that book because that's going to help you. And I would uh, challenge you, depending on your situation, to stay employed as long as you can and work on, make your side hustle truly your side hustle and, and get to a point where you have to quit work because your side hustle, you've, it's, it's, you've proven up the concept and it works so well. Because that way, while you're, while you're doing it, you've got, the, you, you've got a retirement, likely a retirement plan, you've got health benefits, you've got a number of things that you would want to have. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at starting a small business, the question is, what is the sacrifice required and some people are willing to say, well, I'm going to go do the small business and I'm not going to have money, so I'm not going to get health insurance. And I would say, then maybe you don't want to do that. Right. You know, so this this is where all of life is, in in essence, at the, at the risk of sounding like a, a fuddy-duddy, is all of life is is risk management, right? It is. It's risk management. What's the What's our problem until we hit about 25? We're, we are horrible at assessing risk. Uh, we, I was, whoever, whatever you want to yeah. say. So we're not great at assessing risk. And, and then, so I got to be able to assess risk. I, then I have to be able to allocate resources. And there are a number of these things that over time I'm going to get better at. And so this is where I would encourage you, if you can, if you can kind of slip into the pool instead of diving in the deep end, uh, that, that might be good for you. Yeah. Being a business owner has a serious learning curve to it. In other words, there's, mm-hmm. there's stuff that you're going to get better at over time. And, you know, if we were to highlight a few things that people don't see coming or they, they miss this stuff, they don't recognize that, oh, by me hanging a shingle and starting a consulting gig on the side, it's changing something with other parts of my financial life. We mentioned one in the last segment, that's your tax picture. Mm -hmm. Your tax return is going to be different if you're a business owner. And how many people have you seen who underprice their services because they don't recognize that when they have this profit, there's more taxes, maybe more expenses that are going to erode the goodness of that income. Mm -hmm. They're, They're almost kind of selling their services at the same rate that they had been receiving a paycheck from an employer. Right. Not recognizing, no, the revenue needs to be bigger because your tax hit is going to be higher potentially. Mm -hmm. Another one is uh, you talked about insurance, and that's one of the ways that you can protect your business from liability. If you're operating something out of your house, your homeowner's insurance might believe that you cannot do that. that. That might be an exclusion on your policy and something could, if something goes wrong there, yeah. you, you don't want to get sideways with your own insurance company. Yeah, I'm going to say just a, a blanket statement. The insurance companies do not like you operating a business out of your house yeah. because there's a, there's a big question as to who's responsible for what and what part of the risk is business risk and what part is just the the family risk. And so if you don't, if you don't have a relationship with your insurance advisor and you're going to to get into this, I would go and talk through your situation because you're right, Josh. Where where are you going to operate from? Uh, okay, so I mean that's 
make sure you tune in because we're going to be having Alicia Boehner, one of our insurance experts on the team, a few, a few, actually it's going to turn out a few months from now, talking about this very thing. What are the gaps? What are the issues when you're when you've got a, a side business or a small business, what are the what are the insurance gaps that exist? Also, you talked about you know the financial management and and those sorts of things, and um, that's going to be coming up in our our the next time we're we're picking up small businesses as well. How do you manage the finances of your small business, and what are some of those things that you need to be aware of? Is it just well, I make a certain amount per hour. Uh, at my job and therefore I can go make that I can charge that same hourly rate on my own and I'll be the same and no you won't we're, we're going to talk about that next time we pick this up I'm going to bring it back to entity structure though we we need to talk about the LLC but then also what's this S corp sounds mysterious sounds like there's a benefit to it is it right for everyone we got that more coming up on the wise money show with Corhorn financial group This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How should you structure your business, your your side business, whether that is your side hustle, that's a small business, yep, that, that is, or it becomes your full hustle. Uh, how do you structure it? LLC, keep it sole proprietor, should you go S-Corp? We're explaining that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Uh, every episode of the Wise Money Shows on podcast, wherever you listen, go check that out. Search the Wise Money Show and subscribe or, or follow us there and uh, rate the program there. We we appreciate it. It helps other folks looking for content on wise financial habits, helps them find us. So we appreciate that. Okay, guys, we're talking small business entity structure. And last segment, we talked about, hey, there's risk and there's big decisions in in going into small business. And yet at the same time, you having a side hustle means you're you're running a business actually, even though it's on the side and you've got some decisions to make. And we're we're gonna we're, we've got a, a a series where we're talking through all those issues. But this one specifically, well, what sort of entity should you have it set up as? By default, you're gonna be sole proprietor. LLC guys made the comment at the beginning of the last segment. I don't I don't see why you wouldn't have an LLC. So what's an LLC? I actually agree with that comment yeah. for the most part. Yes, but I do too. There are circumstances where maybe it's not 100% necessary. Yeah. And it's also possible that someone starts out as that sole proprietor that we described and kind of grows into an LLC. And I think your argument is get there quickly because this deals with one of the major drawbacks to being a sole proprietor. The major drawback to being a sole proprietor is that uh, your your financial life is at risk if something goes wrong in the activities of that business. There's sure. no separation, no protection for you, other than maybe you have some insurance, maybe mm-hmm. you have a great emergency fund, maybe you've got a rich uncle who could bail you out <laughs> if things go wrong. But a- at the end of the day, there's a lot on the table that that you could lose. And that's why we think of this decision of what kind of entity, how do you structure your business as a financial planning topic. Because your financial life, the one that you're trying to build and, and accumulate the right assets for the future, you're trying to make a better better future for yourself, what if this side hustle that you think is going to generate more income and it's going to help propel you towards that great future, what if it turns out to be a nightmare? What if it actually sets you back financially because you didn't deal with the risk? And that's what an LLC is trying to do primarily. Yeah. So. To your question, Mike, what is an LLC? It's a limited liability company, and it's a corporate structure that protects its owners from being personally pursued for repayment of the company's debts and 
or liabilities. So here's here's the distinction. When you when you become an LLC, we've talked about this a few times on the um, on the YouTube channel, different segments, and we're going to talk about it a ton because it just doesn't make sense. And Kevin was saying during the break, I mean, you need to hear this a bunch of times in order for it to really sink in. Most people think an LLC is going to invite a lot of complexity, but there's going to be some tax advantages too. There's going to be some benefits. Nope. An LLC limits your liability. That's yeah. what it does. You can then choose. You have a choice, and but one's, like Kevin said astutely earlier, it's already made for you. You can choose to have that LLC still taxed like a sole proprietor or be more complicated and more formal and have it be taxed as, as, as a corporation, as an S-corp. Um, by default, it's, it's just going to be sole proprietor. So it's really like it's a sole proprietorship with limited liability. And what's that limited liability cost you? A little bit of time and, and a couple hours of an attorney's time to file something with the state. And yeah. so to me, yeah, you might grow into it, but... That's that's why you would do the LLC is just to limit your personal liability. Yeah, and I think when you, when you're thinking in terms of an LLC, think that is a legal structure and a tax structure. So if you do nothing different, it's a legal structure and a tax structure. You at, to Mike's point, you can make an election so it's just your legal structure and that's fine. But this is where you want to be working with someone who says, hey, how should it be? Because as a legal structure, depending on kind of the character and type of income I have, I if, if it's work income, earned income, I guess they call it these days, yeah. you know, the funny thing. Josh calls it paycheck money. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand it. But uh, <laughs> anyways, but I do love Josh. So, but if you say, if you say hey, I've got earned income. I'm going to pay self-employment tax on that if I just leave the uh, and the the legal and tax structure in place. So you might say, well, what's a what's a super practical use for an LLC? One of the things that you really like is uh, if you're dealing with real estate, because with real estate, that income is passive income, so you're not going to be paying self-employment tax on that. Uh, that rent that you might be receiving. So if you are going to go buy a, a, a rental house or a building, then you buy that, uh, that, that real estate and the LLC owns the real estate and you own the LLC. So basically that, that building has a wrapper around it that, that separates the, those assets from your personal assets. Yeah. If something goes wrong in that that real estate or in that business that you're running, if it is within an LLC, if that's the wrapper or the, 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 the wall around the business, something goes wrong in there, it kind of contains the blast. It doesn't spill out into the rest of your life. As long as you are honoring and respecting and upholding that separateness of the business. Mm -hmm. If you're co-mingling assets or acting like this LLC is basically your own personal cookie jar that, um, you know, you're, paying for groceries out of it, personal expenses, that sort of thing. You know, any uh, attorney is going to be able to sniff that one out and and argue uh, if something goes wrong, hey, we want access to all your personal assets too because you weren't treating this as its own separate business. The LLC wasn't truly serving as its own separate entity. And, and that's the purpose. It, it really is to create that separateness, allow you to have a business that operates strong and healthy and generates profits to you. 
And then as it produces those profits, it pushes it out to your personal tax return. This is one of the advantages of an LLC is that it's a pass-through entity. And what we mean by that is as it has profits uh, at the end of the year, it doesn't pay its own taxes. It pushes it through to your personal tax return where you are taxed more favorably, potentially. Um, Now, the the downside to that is you could still be exposed to that self-employed income that we talked about with the sole proprietorship. And I think you said this kind of in passing that the, the, the purpose of the LLC is not to suddenly create a better tax picture than what you had in your sole proprietor days. Right. Right. It's to create that separateness or create that liability protection, protect you from lawsuits, essentially. The, where the tax, because even so you're, you're doing, I don't know, you're, you're, you're mowing lawns. Let's go back to that example. You're mowing lawns. If you're just a sole proprietor and you don't, you don't become an LLC, then you, you know, run over the neighbor's cat or you hit a, you hit a rock and it goes through the windshield and actually damages something or hurts someone. Uh, there's, there's no limited liability. Hopefully you've got insurance, right? If you just keep mowing lawns, but you decide to create an LLC and something like that happens, well, if you get sued because something, you know, you, you, you'd cause some damage, your personal assets should not be at risk. But the tax picture, you know, how much you pay, uh, your, the, the tax you pay on your profits, that doesn't change. doesn't change. How you actually manage the finances of your business doesn't change. The fact of whether you need insurance or not doesn't change. The fact of whether you should buy that new lawnmower or you can't afford it doesn't change. All of it is just to provide that limited liability. You have a choice of choosing to have your LLC taxed as an S corporation and an S corp and LLC are very similar. An S corp is going to give you limited liability as well. Um, but the choice of having your LLC taxed like an S corp or continue to leave it as a sole proprietorship, that's, uh, that, that's a decision you have with an LLC. So let's talk about the S corp. We're going to pick this up next segment. What's an S corp? Well, a, a corporation, again, is a separate entity. It has its own tax ID. It files its own tax returns. It, it's almost treated like a person in and of itself that is unique and separate from you. And it's within that corporation that all of the business activities are happening. You're hopefully generating revenue and keeping the expenses low enough that there's a nice profit at the end of the year. You're watching it grow over time, just like any business owner is, is striving for. But the, the S-Corp uh, is another form of pass-through entity where it, yeah. it allows you to not have to pay tax at the corporate level and instead only pay one time at your personal level. And that, that sometimes sounds like a negative thing, like, doggone it, why do I have to pay taxes on this business's uh, profits? Well, you own the business. You, what yeah. you don't want to have happen is have it get taxed at the corporate level and then again at your personal level. There's special tax benefits, but risk with the S-Corp as well. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Gorhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other contents on the YouTube channel, go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there, subscribe to it there, leave comments there as well. 
Um, one of the we're going to share this new requirement for small businesses, new filing requirement. Just did a video on the YouTube channel a couple weeks ago about that as well. So we're, we'll hit it here, but make sure you go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there. All right, so we're talking about entity structure for your small business. While I could make a case and, and uh, that as a sole proprietor, once you get enough activity to say, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this, if there's any risk involved, and if you have any assets personally, I would at least get the limited liability uh, set up so that, that it's an LLC. Not all LLCs should be taxed as S-Corps, or not all small businesses should choose to be S-Corps because of the complexity that Mm -hmm. it has. So let's, guys, let's keep getting into that. Josh, you were saying one of the benefits of the S-Corp is it's a pass-through entity. Fantastic. I do, so the the reason why you want that is there's not double taxation. Mm -hmm. With the C-Corp, there's double tax. The the C-Corp is paying taxes, and then when it distributes those profits, paid out as a dividend, you have to pay tax on that too. Yeah. So if Microsoft has a really profitable year, like every year, they're paying tax. And then when they pay those dividends out to the shareholders, the stockholders, they pay tax on the dividends as well. So there's a double taxation that happens. The S-Corp eliminates that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so eliminating one whole layer of the taxation is what makes these such a sweet deal. It does add complexity though. It adds some formality. There's there's hoops you have to jump through, and one of those hoops is this S corp is going to have its own tax return to file every single year, whether it's a profitable year or not. Doesn't matter. You're filing a tax return for that entity, and that's what generates what's called a K one. It, it it pushes that profit down to your personal tax return. So there's a two step process. You got to got to file for the corporation, then you can do your own taxes. This slows things up. It adds some expense. You know, it's a whole nother return to to pay for. It's another um, process to go through. And some people just don't want that, or it's not justifiable if your business is so small that, yeah, paying, you know, several hundred dollars to have a, a corporate tax return filed maybe doesn't make financial sense for a tiny business. So why would you even do it? What what financial sense does it make at all? Well, on those profits that are passed through on your personal return, they're subject to federal taxes and then state and local if you if you have those, but it avoids self-employment tax. It avoids that. So it avoids that 15.3%. That is huge. However, the with this, you know, with this S corp, or if you're an LLC and you choose to to be taxed as an S corp, there's more filings that are needed. Not just an 1120s tax return, but you, as an employee, you need to make sure that you're paying yourself a wage. There has to be payroll, and and mm-hmm. and you've got to make sure that that's fair and reasonable compensation. Well, okay, all right. If I do the S corp, I'll pay myself a wage, but I still get that no self-employment tax, yeah, on on the wage you pay yourself, you've got to pay FICA on that wage. Mm-hmm. And your business has to pay self uh, or um, payroll tax. So it's, it's still 15.3% on what you pay yourself in salary. And then because you're on salary, you've got to do uh, uh, payroll filings, quarterly payroll filings uh, in 941s. And you've got to do an annual payroll uh, return as well, 940. You've got to pay unemployment. You've got probably work comp as well. So there's a lot more complexity. It's not just, well, let me quantify how much tax savings I'll have by saving 15%, 15.3%. And, uh, and and as long as that's enough to cover the cost of a tax return for an 1120S, then I'm doing it. Now there's a lot more complexity to it. 
Yeah, I, w- I would look if you're if you're curious. I would look on YouTube for JJ the CPA because he talks a lot about this and he has a lot of uh, I'd say hot takes on whether I should incorporate as an LLC or not. But this is this is where if you said when do I start considering it, I've seen for individuals um, once you're north of about. $60,000 of income, uh, it can make sense to consider. But there, there again, there are a ton of different factors uh, that you need to look at. Yeah, that's the judgment call, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the reason why this is a conversation with your certified financial planner and your CPA, maybe involving the attorney as well. It's not a quick, oh, let's just do this because I think I could have saved a little bit of money last year. No, this is this is also a consideration about your expectations for the future as well. You know, is that consulting business that you're running, are you going to keep doing it? You know, is this thing going to keep thriving and growing? Or are you actually hoping to get back to uh, a, an employee type of a status instead of working for yourself, that, that kind of thing? Um, so to, to me, this has to be worked into your overall financial plan. And what does it mean for your tax picture? What kind of insurance and protection planning do you need to do? Um, certainly, uh, what does it mean for the type of retirement vehicle that you should be using? Yep. This opens up some possibilities for you. It, it opens up some complexities as well. Uh, so, so there's a whole slew of considerations beyond just, hey, is this, does it make perfect financial dis- or sense each year? On what am I going to save versus the cost, the hassles, and everything? So not all, certainly most side hustles shouldn't be structured as an escort. It's too much complexity for a side hustle. When it becomes your main hustle, or if this small business is this vision, this entrepreneurial itch of, oh, we're going to grow this thing, and I've got this big idea, the million-dollar idea, that sort of thing, then you're you're probably starting as an LLC, and you might be choosing right away to be taxed as subchapter S. Or you might just say, no, I'm going to file as an S-Corp right away and 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 launch that from the beginning. Uh, LLC and S-Corp, they're similar. They're not the exact same thing. Work with your CPA, your excuse me, your CFP, maybe an attorney as well. Um, S-Corps can only issue one kind of stock. It can have a maximum of, of up to 100 owners. There's um, only certain types of owners are allowed uh, individuals, certain types of trusts, that sort of thing. So work with an attorney on that. It does. There's. I would say there's a lot of businesses being taxed as, uh, as sole proprietorships that really should consider S corps, but not all. Work with your CFP on that. All right, we can go back to that, but we got to enter. We've got to talk about this new regulation as well that started this year, one one of 2024. And there's, they've made it as, about as complicated as possible. <laughs> You'd think that when you start a business that you have to have some scrutiny over, okay, well, who's actually running this thing? Uh, there's been a lot of uh, Hollywood cinema around shell companies and you know offshore stuff, blah, blah, blah. And well, anyway, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, Network FinCEN, part of the U.S. Treasury, has actually instituted a new requirement starting 1-1 of 2024 that you must file a report with the government saying these are all the owners and these are the officers. These are the people that own the company. These are the people that run the company. And then you need to update that report every time that changes. So Josh, anything else you'd add there? We got to talk about the timing and when you need to file, but. 
I, no, I mean, it just, when I first heard about this, it just felt like Big Brother, right? Yeah. Uh, wanting more details on what's going on within your business. And and I, I understand. I mean, you, you listed who's doing this at Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. These are essentially accountant cops, it feels like. <laughs> you know, it's, it's people that want to be able to track down, uh, you know, bad guys uh, yeah. who are running businesses uh, incorrectly. And um, you have to you have to file you have to comply by the end of this year, right? Yeah. So if you are just a sole proprietor and you you haven't become a corporation, then you don't need to. There's other uh, actual like so nonprofits and a few others are exempt from this as well. But you've got to assume uh, that it does apply to you. And if you think you're exempt, go talk to an attorney or search. We're going to put the link in the description. Um, see if you are exempt. But if you're an existing business, if you had a business, an LLC, maybe you had multiple LLCs. You had an S-Corp and then multiple LLCs going into uh, 1-1 of 2024. You've got to file this for all of your entities, for each of them, by 12-31-2024. If you open a new entity in 2024, what, you've got 90 days to fill it out. If you open a new entity starting 1-1 of 2025, you've got 30 days. I think attorneys are now going to start doing this as part of they, their, hey, we're going to help set up your business. This is going to be a filing because it, there, it just needs to be done immediately. And it's it's not done one time and then forget about it. As things change within your business, you've got to update it yep. as well. So yep. make sure you understand the rules and stay in compliance on it. All right. So that's entity structure. That's one of the big decisions you've got to make for your small business or side hustle. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. So <laughs> listen, we because we have to go back to the risk management piece. Yeah. Because you uh, first of all, you chastise us for going right to it. <laughs> to the most important part. When, when we are risk managers. So what is our me, job? So our job is to be risk managers, Mike. Come on. If you're going like to lead, lead us in the right that's direction. Right. Go, go ahead and leave your comments because we started talking about the small business. Hey, you can you can start a small business in the first five minutes. Is No, you don't want to do that. Like everything could go wrong. <laughs> that's right. What are you talking about? <laughs> what show? Messing. I'm messing with you. You were listening to a different podcast, Mike. All right. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.